Welcome to the Music, Money, and Life podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HowToLicenseYourMusic.com. If you want to learn how to make money writing music for TV, films, and ads, visit HowToLicenseYourMusic.com today for a free video series all about how to write music specifically for use in TV shows, films, and commercials. Music, Money, and Life is the podcast that brings together the best minds in music licensing, music publishing, music marketing, and more together in one place. Learn how to license your music and market your music. Learn the latest cutting-edge techniques for getting your music heard and making money from your music. Learn directly from the musicians and industry insiders on the front lines of the music business. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. Every positive review helps us rise up the ranks in iTunes, gain more subscribers, and attract more and more great guests. And now, without further ado, here's today's podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Music, Money, and Life podcast. This episode of Music, Money, and Life is a little bit different than normal. In this episode, TV composer Eddie Gray is interviewing producer James Rim. And James Rim, in case you're not familiar with him, is a producer who has worked with a number of really big names in, in pop music. Artists like Jaden Smith, Willow Smith, Jamie Foxx, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, Brandy, Justin Bieber, P. Diddy, Heavy D., and many more. So in this episode, TV composer Eddie Gray, who's had over 10,000 placements in TV, films, and ads, is interviewing producer James Rim. The three of us are actually working on a course on pop vocal music production. If you're interested in learning more about that course, I'll link to a page where you can get all the details in terms of, of when the course is being released, what the course covers, and all the relevant details. In the meantime, here is Eddie Gray's interview with producer James Rim. Hey guys, welcome to the Eddie Gray Mastermind. I'm here with amazing creative producer James Rim. Welcome to the call. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. Uh, working on a documentary now, so things are pretty crazy. But okay. uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's like uh, going to battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just um, a lot of good pressure. But um, a lot of you guys may not know this, but James Rim has been like a like a secret weapon for me. Uh, I find him to be one of the most enlightening individuals. Uh, has a great way of looking at music, a wealth of experience. And I just kind of wanted to bring him on just to kind of share his journey with us. So, yeah, man, I just kind of wanted to give people an inside look, you know, into mm -hmm. what you do. Cause often, you know, people want to make a career out of music and they just don't know how to do it. They don't know what the path is. There's no manual for this, obviously. Yeah. And so I feel like when people share their stories, um, it gives, it encourages other, it gives them hope. And so I just, you know, I'd love to know more about just, you know, how you got into music, like what was the kind of the, the defining moment and then kind of like how your journey has progressed. So yeah, like when was that defining moment? When did you know, music would be something that you would want to do full-time i uh, was this was about maybe 12 13 years ago i was already working in the field i was doing uh i was working in film actually i had, already, had gone to school for film got a job doing visual effects kind of work and i did that for a few years and then after a few years i realized i was hitting a ceiling with that and that i was not really going the direction that I wanted mm. as far as being able to do something that I could see myself doing for the long term. 
Right. I didn't see myself in 10 years doing that same job. So I knew it was time to change because just the way things work, uh, living in LA and working in the entertainment industry that is so competitive that you can't just bounce around easily. If you want to start into a, a different direction, you basically got to start from the ground up again. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know that about you. See, uh, so I'm still getting to know Mr. James Rim. You know, we've been, um, he's been helping me a lot with vocal production and, and things of that nature. So I didn't realize that you, um, you had already started something you had already mm-hmm. built and then you had to start again. Yeah. So at that point I, I just started to make a rough plan. So I knew I decided after just trying to brainstorm of thinking about what is it that I really, really want to do. Cause I think I only have time to restart one more time because <laughs> you know, I had already gone to college and got a job and I was already working. So I was not, you know, not that young. I was in my late twenties at the time. So I knew whatever is going to be, I can only do it one time. I'm only going to restart, try to restart one more time. And so it's got to, I got to figure out what is it really going to be. And music was always uh, my hobby. I got into DJing when I was younger and, and right. things like that. And that's what got me into just, you know, learning how to make beats on the computer and things like that. Uh, so I always had a curiosity of like, how do professional people make their music sound like it's professional? when you're just starting out and you're making beats on your computer, you're like, well, this sounds like I made a beat on my computer. It sounds like <laughs> here. What are, the, what are the pros doing to make their sound stuff sound like what it sounds like? So uh, I always had that thing going on for me. Uh, I went to film school and I just remembered that some of the best stuff that I worked that I'd done, the funnest stuff that I'd done was working on sound for film also. And I was, doing a lot of editing that was kind of the thing that I focused on in school so those are all things that to me relate to doing music especially editing and sound mixing and sound design that's that those are skills that really translate over into doing music and then also just being a DJ that that I had a lot of knowledge of different types of music because just when you're DJ you just that's what you do you just dig and you dig and you find new music all the time so I decided to go back to school uh, and I went to the LA recording school and I just, because they were just nearby, honestly, I just kind of looked at a few spots and they were nearby and they had a program that I could do nights and weekends so I could still keep my job mm. up until, as I was going through school. That way, you know, I could make the transition a little bit easier. And then I graduated, I got an internship at a studio, which was just part of the required credit. And then I did that at the end. And at that point, it was pretty much standard. You know, I got an internship at a studio. I was an intern. I was a runner. I was an assistant engineer, head engineer, and then just kind of worked my way up. Dude, I hope you don't mind me saying, because when you're, when you're saying this, it sounds like it was all kind of easy, but obviously it was a, a mountain to climb, yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can okay. tell you that's, <laughs> that's just to kind of get through it quick. But, yeah, the tough part was obviously when you <laughs> Going back to school, you're paying money for the school. Once you get out of school, and I quit my, I had to quit my job to start doing this internship. Internship is unpaid, (laughs) and then eventually, then you do get hired as a runner. That's I was getting like ten bucks an hour, yeah, and then working like eighty hours a week for the first year, and then after that was like still pretty tough. 
Wow. And just, yeah, the first few years, it was, I was not making good money. I was basically making minimum wage, which is tough after you've, I've already been to school twice. So I have the student debt of two schools and I'm making minimum wage. That was not really. Got it. That wasn't really encouraging me that much, except that I knew I was enjoying my, my work, but the money was definitely making me question it a lot. Well, oh yeah. Thanks for, for sharing that. It's just like, you know, sometimes people just have to know like what, the battle is sometimes you know like it looks sexy and you're producing records and you know working on x project but then they don't understand sometimes like what it's going to take you know and and then you're obviously a very brave person i commend you for that i take off my hat to you um because it it takes something it costs something you know to get there and it's cool um respect right yeah i mean brave mixed with stupid you know a little bit of that because i definitely didn't know what i was getting into like i, yeah. I didn't know it was going to be like this until it happens and that's that's one of the important things to tell people that are not in the industry that are trying to get into it is that if you go to a school or something like that the school is not going to tell you the reality of how difficult it's going to be because then you wouldn't sign up and you wouldn't pay to go to their school so they they have to sell you this dream so that's just i'm kind of having to spoil that for you is that it's going to be <laughs> got to be one of the hardest things you could you could try to do for a career dude uh, let me ask let me ask you a question real quick as a, as a professional because I'm, I'm getting kind of excited to ask you some things so you've you've met a lot of people all walks of life right mm-hmm. what do you think do you think that people are born to do this or you can train to do it maybe both but i'm just curious like are there are there individuals that just simply shouldn't be doing this or like if you feel called Cause it's a very weird argument, you know, like, are you, mm-hmm. were you born to do this or did you force it to, to happen? You know, cause you're working on some big projects right now. So I'm just curious about your, your perspective on that. Just for thought, I'm not saying you're right or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just curious about your take on, is it naturally in people or do they develop it or is it both? Uh, I think it can be both because I think, I, up until I decided to go to school and do this, there was nothing in my life that told me this is the path. Because obviously I'm, I switched. I decided in my late 20s that I'm going to do this career path that I all of a sudden just thought of. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up as like some kind of uh, musician. I didn't really play an instrument or have any musical education. I was just, music was a hobby. But I didn't think even at the time when I was DJing that I was doing that. But I would say this regardless of the musical part there yeah. is something that i think you have to be a you have you do have to be a certain type of person to want to do something like this to do something that nobody else is doing to go against the grain of what's common what's usual because the people that are going to be successful are the people that are going to think outside the box really uh because like you said there is no manual for how this type of career is going to work every each person has to basically make it themselves they have to figure out for themselves what works right so you have to be that type of person that's very self-determined self-disciplined and really can just be your own boss and not everybody can or wants to be their own boss some people well a lot of people and this is not nothing bad it's just different a lot of people they would rather just have a job where there's structure they know what they're supposed to do they have a schedule they have a boss or somebody you know it's just someone that could tell them okay this is what you need to do and then they do it and they get paid and like 
that works for most people. And a lot of times I, I'm envious of that kind of stuff, you know, when you go through the ups and downs of this. Right. But you got to be a person that is down for the adventure, you know, when, oh. when you go into this. Because there's no plan B. Like, once right. you get into this, doesn't you can't you can't do this and have a plan B. You know, you, the only way it's going to work is if you're 100% in it. Dude, encouraging, encouraging. And hearing you talk about it, you know, getting a sense of your journey, because there's obviously no way I can ever relive what you've been through. But man, really cool. I don't know if you know, but I was a personal trainer before this. Mm -hmm. I had 10 years in the game. I had oh, like, okay. I had outgrown the business. And I was like, what else am I going to do now? I met my wife. Mm -hmm. She was like, hey, actually, you're really good at this music stuff. Why don't you pursue it? And I, it felt like, okay, actually, this feels good because I've outgrown this. Now I can go do this. So I think people also have to understand, like, you have to, you know, outgrow what you're currently doing. So if you're working at an office or whatever, like, get it, go as hard as you can, out fulfill the position, right, mm -hmm. by its very nature. And then, it, like, like in your case, you're you then start going to school. You still had to figure out, you know, a way to get energy and money to go to school after work. Like mm -hmm. it's incredible, man, the grind. Um, well, let's talk music real quick though. So then you went to school and then mm -hmm. you started the internship. Tell me about the internship and like kind of that whole part chapter of your life. Like how, what happened? I mean, what did you learn? You know, those kind of basic things. Yeah. I, it was pretty standard uh, as far as what I had to do. You know, when you're an intern, you just you just do the groundwork. You clean up. You organize the office. You go pick up food for people. Clean up. You know, like <laughs> you're the janitor of the studio. Like they don't studios don't hire janitors. They have, that's what interns are for. That kind of stuff. I was just lucky though because the studio that I got an internship at was called the Boom Boom Room. And it's not there anymore, but it, it was, it's in Burbank. The building was in Burbank. And at the time it was fairly new. So uh, it didn't have, uh, it wasn't like a fully booked out studio all the time. They weren't, they had a lot of open, open time, open studios, and they weren't fully staffed yet either. They had room to grow, which was like perfect for me. Right. So I was an intern and I would just, they, when I was starting out, they just put me on a daytime schedule. So I would come in, I would open up, I would just do all the basic stuff to just open up the studio, get everything set for the day. And then whenever I was done, when, once, I, once I finished all the stuff that was like on my checklist of, of stuff to do, my manager was cool enough to let me just go into one of the studios if there, nobody was booked and just go in there and mess around and figure it out. And then whenever he needed me, then he was just coming to get me. So it worked out that there were, I had a lot of those days like that where I had basically just myself to just hang out in the studio and okay. do whatever I want. And that's a lot of a lot of bigger, like well-known studios in LA. They don't they won't do that. You know, they don't trust the interns to. They don't want you to mess with anything. You know, and so it's a lot. So for a lot of studios, it can be tough to really learn. In the, in the early stages of it because they kind of don't want you to do anything. They basically want you to just, you got to pay your dues and just be a grunt. But luckily my manager was cool and we didn't have, we had enough time where plenty of days were just like nobody was in there. So I had the whole place to myself. So how long did you do that for? Just all the basics, all the, you know, uh, let me grab my drink here. Just all the basic uh, stuff. 
that was maybe um well between my internship and runner time that's you know it's basically the same job you just want is you're getting paid or you're not but that total time <laughs> for me it was fairly quick relatively quick I, I think by the time i was like four or five months in i was already working in the rooms as an assistant which that's really fast for to, for the standards of how studios go in la I knew guys that would take like up to a year or more to get to that point. Were you, um, I'm curious, were you actively studying the craft? Um, were you kind of always, you know, keeping your eyes open for very, like, what was your approach as you were working and being an intern and a runner? Were you always trying to soak up information and absorb, you know? Yeah. So that, you know, I had the foundation of what I learned in school of basically how everything everything works how the how the equipment works we had we had a, one we had a couple classes on like the console so i knew how to use an ssl and things like that so what i would do in my time there was just basically just do stuff i would set up equipment i would just open pro tools i would do a mix on the board i had i had one uh person that i knew that asked me to mix their album for them it was like indie artist local so i was like sure and you know that was perfect timing because I got to do it in the studio. Nice. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm sure if I listen to those mixes now, they probably sound like shit, but, <laughs> but that was good practice. You know, I got to actually go through the motions of opening up the pro tool session, sending all the tracks to different, uh, different channels on the console, do a, a console mix, you know, nice. all analog, plug in all the patch bays, you know, all the patch cables to everything and really set it up how I would have to do it if it was a client. And then I did, I got to do that for a while. So that was like perfect. Cause that's, that's why I was able to become an assistant fairly quick. Cause I just already knew pretty much right. everything I needed to know about how the rooms worked. So I imagine you did this for some time and then there must've been a breakthrough moment or a shift, you know, something happened. So yeah, there was, um, um, there was like a, a group of producers and songwriters that, had pretty much done a lockout of the entire studio. Mm -hmm. So we had three rooms and then, uh, yeah, they decided they just wanted to just do a long-term lockout and book the entire studio. So they had a whole big crew with them. So they're using all three rooms all the time, every day. And right when they started, two of the room uh, assistant engineers, two of the guys had left. Mm. So that only, there was only three because you know one for each room so two of the guys left so there was one guy and then my manager was like okay well you're up next basically <laughs> because there's nobody else wow. um so it kind of timing worked out did um, you feel prepared i'm just curious about the mindset because it always goes back to mindset um, did you feel prepared or did you, were you scared yeah i was nervous because these guys were pretty well known and they like they were pretty intense. They, they were just, they worked, they worked like real heavy Real. hours and they had a lot of people. So they just, they just needed a lot of attention. They need a lot of help. So I, I had to learn really quick on the job. And mm. basically I was in a lot of, most of these situations that were new to me. I, I just didn't even know what people were talking about there. The kind of terminology and stuff they were talking about. I just didn't even know what it meant, you know, like, oh, we got to, we got to do overdubs. We got to prep for mix. We got to, we got to, uh, 
like even just how people d recorded vocals and you do how people did harmonies and vocal stacks <laughs> and all this stuff like that. I didn't ever really deal with that and just like how it was my first time to see really how it goes down on a professional level uh, because they had their home, they had a whole like team. So they had guys that were like their producers that were making the tracks. And then they had people that were just writing songs and they had the guy that was like a vocal producer, they had wow. the guy that was just their kind of uh, production engineer. Then they had their mix engineers. They would send it to another spot. So they had it all like set up like assembly line. I don't think people realize also the, that part of the business, like the team that's involved, whether yeah. it's in production or TV, like it's always a lot of people at work. It's never, I mean, rarely is it just like that one guy that's doing everything right yeah. um so yeah, that's pretty cool and and also man dude again another example of you didn't even know what was going on and you just push forward you, you like the importance of just having faith and just working and i mean damn man uh, i don't they, know they, they put me through it they they knew i was the guys that i had to work for they knew that i was new yeah and this was basically the first real sessions that I was having to work on. And I had to do a lot of engineering work. It wasn't really honestly just being an assistant. I had to like full on be an engineer. Mm. And then, so they knew that, but they said, okay, but we're still going to ride you. Like, you need, we don't like, we get it that you're new, but we need you to be like the guy. So I was like, oh shit. So it was Great. a lot of pressure and it was a sink or swim. It was like, I was like, okay, this is it. Either you do the job or they're going to, they're going to like ask for somebody else. Yeah. So, and and ex exciting because you had been waiting for that moment. Uh, now it, it's probably been what, like three, four years or, or five or something. I mean, it's been a long time and then now it came and then sink or swim. You had to kind of go yeah. after it. It's pretty cool, man. So that, that was a pivotal point. You hit that project and um, that, what was that? Uh, hip hop or R and B? Uh, they did it all. It was kind of did a mix of everything. Awesome. So that was a good thing too. I got to hear like hmm. a bunch of different styles of music yeah okay cool so then that you obviously gained a lot of confidence information you know wisdom practical and otherwise um mm -hmm. and then what 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 was kind of the next did you just kind of get your reps in the next couple of years or like what was kind of the next yeah basically like i went through that whole process with them i learned a lot that was that was good because i was like starting in the deep end so after <laughs> that everything felt easy you know easier <laughs> Um, so yeah, then they kind of like went there on their way after, after the next year. And then the studio was just back to just being, you know, an open studio to whoever would book it. So I was like the main engineer for the house, for the studio. And so I was just, you know, I would just work with whoever would come through and it was a lot of, it's still a mix of all different types of artists, like yeah. hip hop, R and B and pop and things like that. So everything I was doing was always vocals. It was always like focused on vocals. Gotcha. All that work that I was doing. Cause people just the way the studio was and it wasn't like uh we didn't have like a big live room. So like all the clients we had were people that were just mainly doing vocals or they're doing just production or they're mixing or things like that. What kind what kind of projects, if you don't mind giving us a, a you know, a, an insight into just kind of what you're working on so people get a sense of what's possible. You don't have to give any particulars out, but I think it would encourage people. And also, you know, if they want to look for you and mm -hmm. you know, seek out more information because um, people do get inspired, you know, it is kind of yeah. like, so yeah. What, what kind of stuff are you working on? If you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, well, or, or have you worked on? 
Well, like I, I can still kind of pick up from where I left off, honestly, because right around uh, after a few years, few few years into that, yeah. being the head engineer at the studio, uh, at that time the studio was was owned by Will Smith, and so once once his kids got to the age where they started doing music, for anybody that's familiar familiar with their music career, they both started pretty young. So they would come in occasionally, and they would, you know they would use a studio because it was theirs. And I got to first just be an assistant and just meet them and be in the room and just being around them. They had another engineer at the time. And uh, after a few years of them like doing that, getting older and coming to the studio more frequently, uh, eventually I had to fill in when their engineer wasn't available. Mm. And I started doing that here and there. And then eventually that started happening more and more frequently. I would even go to their their home studio and work with them there. And so they were familiar with me. I was slowly building um, a relationship and they were just, I was just a familiar face and they were comfortable working with me. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit more, I was offered to take over as their main engineer. Boom. Which of course I said yes immediately. <laughs> and that has been the thing that I've been doing that has evolved over the past, I say, like eight nice. years now. From the time that they, Jaden and Willa, were little kids, basically, until where they are now. So I've continued working with them over these years. Um, I'm wearing Willow's T-shirt from her nice. latest album. So I've done in the past eight years. I've done basically all of their, all of their albums on top of just other projects I've done on the side. But they've been really the primary my primary clients because they just have been consistent throughout these years that I yeah. pretty much work with them full time. And in the past year and a half or so, it's really focused more on Jaden now because he just really shot off to the next level. So now at this point I'm working mostly with him. And so if you, if you guys are familiar with their music, that's you know you'll hear what I've done over the, over these years. Nice, dude! What a blessing. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. So, like, you not to take all your day. Let me just ask you one more question here. I'm just mm -hmm. curious, like, um, how long does it take? Do you feel for people to really hone in on the craft? Like, obviously, it's an arbitrary number, but if somebody's getting into production, mm -hmm. anything, how long do you think is like a good time frame for them to really take in? the art and develop? Honestly, I would say this is one of those cases where that, that, that saying of 10,000 hours or 10 years to mastery, okay. Okay. I think that's fair to say in this because there is just so much to learn. I don't even say 10 years, 10,000 hours, like that's not mastery because I still learn new stuff all the time. Like you'll mm. never stop. This, okay. is a, this is a type of field where there's no end. Okay. You know, just music theory alone, there's just so much to learn. Technology-wise, stuff is always changing. New stuff is always coming out. From when I started, everything was still, for the most part, analog. People what year was that? 2000? Uh, 2008. Awesome. So at that time, people weren't even really using laptops for their production. Everyone was still using MPCs and, and like real keyboards to like produce all their music. Wow. 
that's what you know everybody that was coming into work that's what they would bring it wasn't until maybe like a year later 2009 is when i started seeing everybody just bringing a laptop instead and they're like oh i just use logic or i use whatever and like i was like whoa this is like way easier you don't have to bring all the equipment <laughs> so something like that where just technology just switches it up and all of a sudden you, you're using different things and then plugins and pro tools has changed you know through all the different versions you always got to keep up with that all the new plugins that come out you got to keep up with what's going on auto-tune is a thing had became a thing so you had to like know what's what's to do with auto-tune you got to know how to find the key of a song you know there's there's so many things now uh and it just keeps it never it never stops changing so if you don't keep up with it then you fall behind well man i'm excited to obviously talk more with you, hang out more, learn more. Mm -hmm. um, I Last question, just I just wanted to know if you have any kind of business advice, technical advice, it's, you know, specific to the music field because it is unique. Is there anything that you would tell anybody out there? I know you've said a lot already, but just kind of honing in on just the business and is there any kind of last words that you would give to anybody that's, that wants to do this for real? Anybody can do it, so, but this is, this is a two-part thing. Anybody can do it, but it's going to be hard. Mm. You have to be prepared to go 100% all in, and you're going to get to the point where you're going you, you're gonna to want to quit. You're going you're gonna to want to think you messed up. Um, but, sorry, you still there? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, but, yeah you have to you're gonna have to dig deep because you're gonna get to that point where you're gonna feel like it's not working but you're you're only gonna quit if you decide in your mind you're gonna quit if you decide in your mind i can't quit i'm not gonna quit you'll figure out a way to keep going and once you keep going it's just a matter of time before you get to an opportunity that will be something real and nice. all that all that time that you spent working hard and getting prepared and learning it will pay off because you'll 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 reach a point where you have an opportunity and you'll be like, you know what? I, I know how to do this. I can do this. I can take this on and I can make it happen. And then it's just one thing at a time, one opportunity after next. And you just got to keep going no matter what's going on in your life externally. You know, of course you got to take care of your business. You got to be responsible be an adult, but you can't, you can't let the, the difficulty of life stop you because it, then, then you are done. You know, it's not, this is not a game of just uh, who can do it. This is like the NBA. Like people that make it to the NBA, they're a very select few, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have talent. A lot of people have the potential. But people that make it that far are the ones that don't quit ever, you know. Yeah, I heard a, a stat once that winning the NBA is like winning the lotto. Like it, the chances are so minute, but, mm -hmm. but people are in there and they're obviously doing it. Um, so yeah, get after it guys. Um, hey man, again, I don't want to take your whole day. I really appreciate the time that you've given us here. Super grateful. You know, I'm just here working on touching lives and helping as many people as I can. So this is just mm -hmm. a great way to, um, you'd be surprised, man. Some of these interviews, like we'll have people from like Norway reach out to us or like mm -hmm. or whatever. So, uh, yeah, man, I just want to show people love. And, and, you know, when I started, we didn't really have a lot of this stuff. 
Um, and so now, you know, obviously technology is like soaring. So thank you. Mm -hmm. for your time. If people want to reach out to you or find you or listen to your music, uh, is there anything that you want to throw out there? Uh, you can find me social media. I guess Instagram's easy. Uh, it's uh, at James Cholrim, J-A-M-E-S-C-H-U-L-R-I-M. And awesome. from that, you could probably connect to whatever else you need to. Roger that. Well, dude, thank you so much. Um, anything else? Oh, thanks for having me on. All right, dope, man. Thank you for your time. Uh, I'll text you later. Okay, sounds good. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, take care.